I think the limit is, are you being desperate or are you being competitive? Desperation smells from miles away. It will definitely cost you all the sales. Now, if you come from a position in which, listen, when I go on to a conversation, I will win that sale. Okay, I will do everything to work with that person because I know that my solution will help that person. Plug into the mind of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi, everybody. Jason Mark Campbell here. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. I'm super excited about the conversation we're going to have today because I've been somebody on the socials, always looking for people that are inspiring, sharing good messages. And it's so funny because I cannot even recall how I first discovered an octopus man talking about sales. And we're going to dig that a little more throughout the conversation here. But this man's sharing some wisdom about sales, really amazing wisdom. As I'm just scrolling on Instagram, where usually you'd find yourself possibly looking at cat videos, maybe wasting your time, but I'm being interrupted by this man, Alec, who's showing these insights around sales that I'm like, wow, this is so valuable that I started looking into it. I started seeing everything he's sharing and it's all amazing. He's got hundreds of thousands of followers and I'm wondering, well, who is this man? I need to speak to him and everyone who listens to this podcast needs to hear from him. I'm speaking, of course, of Alec Angelov, a man who is the CEO of CEO Sphere, and he's been actually doing sales trainings with thousands of students, helping them with their marketing, their sales, and their personal branding. A man is a graduate of Cardone University and, as I've mentioned, has been known as Alex Octopus or the Sales Octopus because of all the closes of all his deals. So I definitely will want to dig that, but what I want to focus on today is just understanding a bit more about his mindset around sales. Instagram as a channel for growth is maybe not the first priority you would have thought for sales training, but I'm going to be curious to investigate more about that and so much more. Alec, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. I'm happy to be here. Now, I've hinted at it twice. I'm going to mention it a third time because I think it's such a funny way to get started. But I was reading your own bio, self-proclaimed sales octopus, Alec Octopus. Where does that come from? What's with the octopus? Okay, so when I first started, I started with a business partner and we tried to kind of have like our personal brands merged and have almost like a partnership. So we started both on Instagram and then down the path, because it was uh, we were just for a couple of months working together, I decided to go on my own and build my own personal brand. And so I had two choices, whether to introduce a keyword such as sales or marketing or choose something that will position me immediately as someone different in my audience mind. And therefore, one of the animals that I love the most and that uh, resonates with me is the octopus because of a few things. First of all, they are an extremely intelligent animal. Second of all, they have three hearts, okay, so they are a giver, but also they have quite a few arms. And so therefore, in sales, I like to say that whenever I grab a prospect, I usually close them and my closing ratio tends to be pretty high. And that comes to the fact 
that, hey, like I have quite a few arms and tactics to, to close people when it comes to sales. And this is why people call me the octopus. <laughs> I like it. You know, what comes to my mind is I could just imagine as an octopus that you could have like three phones in your hands and then three legs also dialing different phones. So you could be very efficient with those multiple arms as well. Oh, yeah. Prospecting at its best. At its best, the octopus way. But also you mentioned the, the highlight on the three hearts, right? And, you know, you're here on the Selling with Love podcast, so I'm glad you already brought the heart into it. But when people think of someone that's like a hardcore sales trainer, you know, heart is not usually the first thing you think about. You you think more of someone with cunning tactics and someone that's kind of more cutthroat. And I'd be curious to know, like, how did you find yourself in the world of sales, but straight already speaking about things that come from the heart? Yeah, so I don't believe that the hard sell and the usual sophisticated car salesman with his suit is the best definition of an actual, you know, 2023 salesman. Because if you want to realistically make sales and win deals in 2023, you have to come from a position of giving and helping people. And I think this is where the majority of people realistically fail is they see selling as selling instead of helping. And when you come from a position of having genuine interest in helping the person to get a solution to their problem, this is where magic happens. So for me, it's always been, I help the people that I can actually help. I don't just help people in order to get their money. Okay. I think that's a distinction that most people forget that when you start doing that, it actually starts giving back. It actually starts helping you a lot. And it creates the dividends that most people forget are actually what's important to get you to scale and actually multiply your impact. And as such, I'm actually curious because, you know, from yourself, you're a man who's born and raised in Europe. And oftentimes when you hear about sales stranger, I'm Canadian, but some people might mistake me for American. But there seems to be this kind of cultural reference of the salesperson that is North American versus European. And I was going to ask you as a sales trainer, do you see that there's a big difference between North American and European sales? And as coming as a trainer from Europe, do you think that brings some certain advantages? No, I think no one is born necessarily into sales and therefore it's a skill. So as you mentioned at the beginning, I've trained at the Cardone University. You know, it's an American institution. And at the very end, yes, I am European, but it all comes down to the skills that you acquire throughout your journey. So at the very end, it doesn't matter what education you got. It doesn't matter where you were born. What matters is how you perceive that education and how you mold your own self into becoming a better salesperson. Hmm. I wanted to ask a more, I guess, a bit of a challenging question because you've went to Cardone University. And for those who aren't familiar, Grant Cardone is a big sales trainer in North America based out in Florida, but has a very rugged style. Some people love him. Some people hate him. He talks about 10x, think big, all that stuff. Kind of like a mini Donald Trump, if you think about it. And I'd be curious to know from your experience going through a university like this, that seems to be a lot more cutthroat sales. Were you able to still find the heart? Did you find yourself doing it differently than whether we're teaching or is it just a facade and we've misunderstood this university as a whole? Whenever I acquire any education, I pick up the best parts 
And the best part about Cardone University is, first of all, it gives you a phenomenal base. And the second thing is, as you mentioned, Grant, it's all about taking big action, right? And actually going after the sale continuously. So what I've picked from that personal experience with Cardone University is taking a phenomenal action towards getting the sale. And this definitely has put me often in a position of advantage because most people, they give up too quick. And when you go to Cardone University, they tell you, hey, like you need to be following up an entire year. And when I mention to people, hey, for like some of my high ticket deals, I follow up an entire year. And they're like, wow, like you're probably sounding too salesy or you're probably sounding too pushy. And realistically, that is wildly misunderstood. That is that if you're following up for too long, you're doing it in a pushy and salesy way because clearly the person does not want it and you got it all wrong. Well, no, if you're following with value and if you're showing that you care, then you are going to close more deals. And especially if you do it for a prolonged period of time. And this is something that I've definitely learned in Cardone University at the beginning. And then I've expanded through my own knowledge and through a variety of different educational institutions. I love it. And this is one of the statistics that fascinates me from professional sales organization. And unfortunately, I can't quote the source as I'm just speaking to you right now, but it's something like, you know, 50% of people that are in sales don't follow up more than twice. It's such an obnoxiously high number of people that do not follow up. And there's such a discomfort with following up. We don't want to be annoying. We don't want to be pushy. But at the same time, like when you lead with value and you care, I often give the example of trying to get a friend that said, I was going to go to the gym in the morning. And then they're trying to hit the snooze button. Like, of course you're motivated. Of course you're pushy because you know what they're looking for. They've committed to you and you got to get them. The inertia pulls you really, really strong. And I've heard well, actually, it was a conversation with Teal Swan that we had a couple weeks ago. She talked about being in sales as basically being an agent of change. And change is one of the hardest things we need to do as humans. I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Do you feel like that's the primary role that we play as salespeople? I think one of the biggest factors when it comes to persuading people to buy into your idea, to buy into your product, to buy into your world all into your transformation is actually understanding them. So I come from a background of psychology and psychophysiology, which is quite literally light detection. And the biggest factor comes down to understanding people and understanding their emotions. So I would say we're more like agents of change and agents of therapy and agents of understanding where oftentimes literally that psychologist that our customers do not have it's that person that understands them best will always win the sale this is how i see it i love it it's like we're proactive psychologists that reach out and want to make sure you're okay <laughs> yeah well this is how we need to proceed. This is how we need to see it because a lot of people, they struggle to take action because they believe that, hey, they might be boring, they might be salesy, they might be pushy. 
by the way, just to clarify, salesy is not even a word in the dictionary. I mean, I searched it this morning, okay, and it still wasn't there. Okay, I searched it last week, it still was not there. Okay, so sales is not even a word that is defined by the dictionary, okay? It's a word that was thrown out there to keep people from achieving their sales goals and from growing their business. And you mentioned a phenomenal statistic, and I'm going to give you another one. 80% of people purchase between the fifth and the 12th contact. And when 80% of the buyers are between that range, and now we have about... 56% that do not follow up more than twice. I mean, how do you expect to grow your business, right? It's just impossible. And you're leaving all these people without a solution to their problem. And it's just like, if it's not top of mind, you don't take care of it. And I think that's our duty as salespeople is we keep reminding people that, hey, we can fix this problem now and you don't need to live with this anymore. But the reminder is so required. And I'm glad you brought that statistic up because you can see the opportunity that lies if you just get the minimum interest in training and sales. And I know you've been training thousands of people when it comes to sales. And I'd be curious to know, like in your case, whenever somebody is coming to you and looking for advice around sales, I know you mentioned you went to get some learnings in your foundation when you got started, but for the people that come to you and they're looking for some of those elements of foundation, what is it usually that you share? That is a phenomenal question. So for me, Jason, I show people, first of all, how to get out of their shell. Okay. And I start with that base because confidence is such a differential factor. If I mentioned previously that empathy and emotional intelligence are important, I believe confidence is almost on the same level of importance. And it all comes down to the fact that if you do not believe in your product or in yourself, how can you expect someone else to believe in you? So for me, if you want to sell with love, you need to start by loving what you do and by loving everything that you bring onto the table, all the solutions, the differential approach that you have. You need to start by loving that. So whenever I start any coaching, any work with a person who wants to get better at sales, we start first of all from looking into the limiting beliefs that they may have and the limiting beliefs that their audience, their potential target has. If we solve those two things initially, we're going to be playing in an advantage. And we're going to be playing in an advantage because the majority of people, they still think that they are maybe charging too much or that, hey, perhaps my solution may not work. And if that is your starting point, how do you expect to persuade the other person to actually buy your solution? It is impossible. It's tough, man. You know, I was having a conversation this was maybe a year back. I'll be curious to hear your perspective because first off, I love the values and I love everything you're sharing. It's definitely coming from a very similar place of what I'm trying to teach to the world as well. It's all about caring. It's all about, you know, selling from the heart, self-love, understanding yourself, having passion for what you sell, understanding who you sell to. You are on the mark and that's why I'm so excited you're on the show. And when I was having this conversation a while back, 
We were talking about when you're in a needy position, right? And I'm sure you've encountered a lot of people that might've come to you saying like, listen, I'm on my last dollar. I've been trying to get this coaching thing off the ground. And, you know, I haven't been able to make a sale. I don't fully understand my product. And, you know, I really need to make this sale because I need to make sure I pay my bill. And you come across in your sales efforts as very me focused. So you come across as very needy. And the question that was asked to me while we were having this conversation was, can you be an amazing salesperson if you're in a position of neediness? And I would love to ask what your opinion on that would be. This is phenomenal. So just a couple of days back, I was having a conversation with Cristo. He's the founder of the future and he's absolutely phenomenal when it comes to selling and understanding people. And we were specifically, we got this one question and he was like, hey, when you go into the sales process, should you go with the intention of, I need to win this sale? Or can you allow yourself to be a little laid back? I think the limit is, are you being desperate or are you being competitive? Being competitive and being desperate are two absolutely different things. So desperation smells from miles away. Okay, it's one of the best natural repellents and it will definitely cost you all the sales. Now, if you come from a position in which, listen, when I go on to a conversation, I will win that sale. Okay, I will do everything that is in my best for me to work with that person because I know that my solution will help that person. The moment you change that, okay, perspective and you detach yourself from the cell, now you're in a position of being much more comfortable and naturally looking for ways to help. Because otherwise, desperation will push you to be exactly that person that no one wants to talk with because you're like, hey, but like, you should buy it. You should buy it. And then we enter into conviction. And I always teach people, hey, you shouldn't be convincing the other people to buy, okay? You can be persuading them, okay? And you can be showcasing them why this is the best intention for them and guiding them towards that decision but never convincing them by telling them, hey, this is the best and I really need it. So in simple words, detaching yourself from the cell will allow you to have a clearer mind and will allow you to actually be in that position of helping and not necessarily needing it 100%. It almost makes you nervous to know that hey, if I don't close this deal, I'm going to be on the streets. Right? So it's not a good position. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of one of these, I forget what company commercial this was, but it was a used car salesman on a lot. And the person's like, come on, give me a discount. Give me a discount. And he ends up giving it and goes home to wife and kids. And he's just pouring him a glass of whiskey. And then the wife is like, oh no, did you just give a friends and family discount again? And he's like, yeah. So he made the sale happen, but he didn't send it any kind of value for himself to capture so that he could survive and thrive. And I'm wondering if, have you noticed in the ecosystem that there's a lot of people that are just like selling themselves short on every sale that they make, whereas that they don't even want to charge any kind of profit margin because they feel like they're going to steal from the other person. Hmm. I would be very bold here 
and this may hurt some of the people who are listening to us, but I would say that 90% of the people who listen to us, they could charge more. They could charge more because the majority of people, they walk into sales conversations, they present their offer, and it's a phenomenal offer. And deep inside, they know that they have a great offer that brings phenomenal solutions. Yet the other person immediately says yes. And if every single person you speak with, they don't hesitate and don't ever have an objection of telling you, hey, this is a little bit expensive, Jason. It means that you can probably charge higher. And here's the thing. When you charge higher, two things happen. You are more motivated naturally to do an even better job and over deliver on that because people have paid you more money. Second, they are more committed to getting the results and doing the work themselves because they have paid you more. So I would definitely encourage all of the people who are listening to this to consider just for a moment raising their prices and they can do the test. And after a month of sales conversations, okay, they are going to notice that they are making the same money working with less people or they are making more money. And now they're feeling even happier helping people achieve their results. Yeah. I think that's a powerful thing for people to be reminded of. And so if you are listening to this, when you say raise price, do you have a rule of thumb you tell people? Is it like bring it up 20% and see how it sticks? Or are we talking about like doubling the price? What would be a good rule of thumb to think about? It depends on the product, right? And it depends on the initial price. But I tend to review my pricing every single month. Now, when I say review, that doesn't mean that I'm always raising it, but I'm looking at the amount of clients that I have, how busy is my schedule, what is the amount of knowledge that I have obtained throughout the past couple of months, and have I added anything else to the program that helps people? And when I look at the value of my program or the value of my knowledge raising, I really want to raise the price. And so I take like, hey, I've achieved X, Y, and Z. I have had it X, Y, and Z. This is by, you know, how much I can raise it. And usually it tends to be between 10 and 15%. Okay. That doesn't always happen every month, but I certainly review my pricing every month. Okay. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the healthy things I see from the conversations we're having so far is this comfort talking numbers, charging prices. We have so many blocks that can come around money, which I know goes side to side with blocks and sales. So as such, I'm hoping that as you're hearing these conversations, you're talking about raising prices. Pay attention to the conversation in your mind. What are you saying? Oh my God, am I going to feel like I'm ripping these people off? But instead, what Alec gave you is understanding that they're going to be more committed. You are not someone that wants to go disappoint your clients. So you're going to show up more fully and you'll have a little more money left over so that God forbid something falls short, you're definitely going to have a better budget to make it right if that is the case. Because I know that for everyone listening here are coming from the heart. And this is a powerful strategy that you can start right now, raising it 10, 15%, seeing how it sticks. And you might be having a lot less money troubles just by making this quick change. Alec, 
There was one thing I wanted to ask of you, which to be honest, I even have a personal incentive to ask you because you've done phenomenally on social media and you've even picked Instagram as one of the platforms where most people are like, oh, there's no more growth on Instagram. You got to go TikTok. And I'd just be curious to know about your journey because I think you did 100,000 followers in one year and really scale that really rapidly. And uh, I'd love to just go back into the beginning. Like, what was the mindset that you had? Was that a goal that you had set? Was it a commitment you had made? And had you set some budgets aside? I just want to kind of go to the origins of what made you go from let's push this social media and then achieving the goal. Yeah, so I started posting because I wanted to showcase my knowledge. And I knew that I could help people and I knew that I could impact people and I knew that I could touch hearts. And therefore... I needed to find a voice and my voice was on Instagram. And I just started Instagram because it has a variety of features. You can be on video, you can be on text, you can be, you know, going live and it has a variety of features. And when I started, it was a very, very tough journey, but I had my first big breakthrough and, you know, this sounds now looking back at it, it sounds a little a little ridiculous, but I was at about stuck at about 700 followers and I messaged Dan Lok and Dan Lok is the Asian dragon. He's also in sales and I messaged him because someone was trying to sell his courses and I was like, hey, like, just want to let you know this person is selling your courses. Like, he was very well surprised and he was like, wow, like, thank you for letting me know. So he gave me a shout out. And he put me in contact even with one of his personal advisors. And he was like, listen, like, I really appreciate your kindness. Not many people do it. They instead go ahead and buy my course and, you know, for cheaper. And that gave me a huge impulse. And I got like an extra 1000 followers. And then I was like, listen, this is now going well. And more people are listening to me. And then at 2000, I hit a massive wall. And it took me four months to go from 2000 to 3000 people. You know, I don't want to say that I almost gave up because that's never in me. I'm always like, I just do things consistently. And the results are, you know, not as important as the action that I take. So I focus way more on, hey, this is what I'm going to do that is within my hands that will put me in the position of me getting the results. But the results are literally what happens thanks to the action that I take. And so it took me four months to reach 3,000. And then from 3,000 to 10,000, it took me about two weeks or something like 20 days. And once you hit 10,000, everything gets a little bit easier. But... Instagram and every other platform that people start, here's what I need them to understand. And is that when people say it's a roller coaster, it is a roller coaster. And I have grew 40,000 followers in 46 days and I grew 1,000 in four months. Okay. And it all comes down to your capacity of being consistent over a period of time. So over that one year, I've done 600 posts. That is almost, you know, two posts a day. And I've been there and I've showed up and I've been with my community and I've messaged people and I've spoken and I've been active. Okay. And now I am reaping that success, but I'm reaping it because of the action that I took. So people need to be prepared 
to go through the bad batches so that they can have the actual good thing happening to them. And this is how I've always seen it. You know, Alec, I should have known. You know, like when I asked that question, I was like, I wonder if there's going to be some secret formula. And I bet everybody was on the edge of their seat if they're sitting down listening to this going like, oh my God, he's going to reveal the secret. You reveal it to us and we're all like, yeah, we knew that. But how many of us actually do it? And I think you're a testament of someone that's shown up and done it. And I think it speaks volume to what brings the difference between someone who knows a lot but doesn't have success and someone that does know a lot and has success is the action that they take. And it sounds like with your consistency, the dividends have come out. And so for everyone else listening, I'm hoping that one of the most powerful things that you will take as an action from listening to this, if you don't follow Alec yet, then you definitely want to go and check him out. There's going to be a link in the show notes so you can find the social media. Alec, I'd love to know as well, where else can everybody go if they want to follow you, learn more? Because we haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg, but for anyone who wants to have regular cadence of knowledge when it comes to sales, your Instagram is already an amazing source of information. What would be other steps and other resources people could access from you? Yeah, so what I will do is for everyone who comes specifically, okay, from your side, from Selling With Love, Jason, what I would encourage them that they actually don't just follow me, but they actually connect with me. Okay, I'm one of the most approachable guys out there because I literally started with zero followers, just like many other people. And I message people like Dan Locke who are miles ahead, who have millions of followers. And they gave me that boost and they gave everything that they could, okay, in that position to help me get on to better levels. So, I always encourage people to go ahead and follow me and say, hey, listen, I listened to Selling with Love with Jason. You guys had a phenomenal conversation. This is where I'm coming from. And when they do that, I'm happy to give them all of the free resources that I have that I do not necessarily share on Instagram as a courtesy of them being a part of your audience, Jason. Alec, I much appreciate that. And for everybody listening, aside from raising your prices, which was a very strong action that Alec encouraged you, another big takeaway here that I want to make sure is very well drilled for anyone is the actions, the consistency. Beautiful. That's what brings the success, whether it's in your social media building, your personal brand, in your marketing activities, and in your sales activities, that consistency is going to be super, super powerful. There's always something amazing to learn from every resource you go out there. And I know when you get into Alex ecosystem, you're going to be very well supplemented with great resources. Thank you for able to share even more for my community. So do not wait. Take a moment before you go to any other podcast episode and go connect with Alec. It's so much fun when you get to be a guest on someone else's podcast and people reach out to you to say thank you. It means so much to us as guests. And I know for Alec, I am expecting a swarm of messages and Alec messaging me saying, oh my God, your community is the most awesome. There's so many that came to say hi and I know he'll be able to help each and every one of you. So you have your clear action. Alec, thank you so much for your time. This was a pleasure speaking with you. I'm looking forward to staying connected with you and just learn more from you. I think you come from the right heart or hearts since you're a three-hearted man, <laughs> octopus. And it was a pleasure to have a conversation with you. Final question that I ask every guest that comes on the show, which is you are on the Selling with Love podcast. So I'd love to ask, what does Selling with Love mean to you? Selling with Love is everything that we've been speaking about over the past half an hour. And it all comes down to genuinely caring about helping the other person. If you know 
that there are people who have a problem and you are the person who has the solution to that problem, then everything comes down to you committing to helping them. And when you showcase the solution that you have and you have genuine interest okay, in going and spreading the love and helping them and finding what that solution looks like, explaining it to them in a way that it makes sense in order to relieve the pain that they already may be having. This is selling with love. And when you sell with love, actually, you get more sales than any other method out there. So this is why, you know, you need to do it with love always. Alec, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. And for all you listeners, you know what your action is. Go connect with Alec on Instagram and as well, go out there and keep selling with love. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.